Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the FPL Context Podcast with me, Steve. And me, Greg. And he's done it again. That's five game week wins in a row. Six free up for uh, FPL Steve. But what is amazing is, yeah, I'm six free up, but there's only one point in it. So overall, I'm only leading by a point. Yeah, quite incredible, really. I can't, I can't stop the rot with uh, you beating me every week. It's getting quite frustrating. But um, I, think- I have beat you only by one point by for the last two weeks. Yeah, I think, um, I think when I've beat you, my my wins have been quite big. But when you've beat me, your wins have been quite small. So yeah, yeah. So because I started the season poorly, and um, you were beating me by a fair margin, and like I've been just basically just been biting away at it slowly so yeah I've won the last five game weeks in a row but I've probably only taken like 10 points here five points here out of you so um so yeah it's still really close guys overall I'm only one point up but I have done him five in a row so he's got he's got to stop the rot at some stage or I'm going to start running away with it yeah I mean we'll get into the team in a bit but I feel like I've been quite unlucky this game week in, in, in a way Everyone says that. <laughs> everyone everyone says that. Oh, if only this happened, if only that happens. That's the way the game goes, mate. That's the way the game goes. Um, there's no luck in five wins in a row, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's go into the teams. We both had great weeks again. Um, just talking about um, where we are at the moment. So uh, we were talking about this the other day. Um, so three weeks ago, I was one and a half million in the rankings overall and after three really strong weeks I've moved myself up to the top 300k and obviously with Greg so close to me he's in the top 300k too so what it really shows is anyone who is above that 1 million rank at the moment there's still lots of time and things can change very fast like you look at the differentials now with like some city assets sterling around the 4% mark if someone like that comes off you you can see your um your rank climb very fast. So anyone who's above that million and thinking, oh God, like 10K is out of sight or a good rank's out of sight, it's definitely not, is it, Greg? No, not at all. It can, obviously, the exact same for me. I was about over a million a couple of weeks ago and now um, under 400K, uh, around 300K. So um, you can improve so quickly and it usually only takes a couple of players to do it for you. If two, If a couple of your players are quite differential, and get big hauls, they can really push you up the ranks. Yeah, so having that little bit of strategy, guys, of you want a templated side in terms of you want the the big ownership players to not hurt you so much. But, for example, if you want to do something slightly different, then obviously instead of going for KDB, I know he's only around 14% owned at market at the moment, but you can look at Sterling, 4%. So just those small gambles and those size will can really elevate your rank. Um but yeah, so let's just break it down. So I got 74 points. Um, I had Bruno as captain, like many of us did. I think you had Bruno as captain too, didn't you, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, so he obviously, he got, um, he got the penalty. A little bit lucky on the retake, but you take those. On another day, he could have had two assists, one for Marshall, one for Rashford, and he just keeps returning. Um, then you've got, I had Chilwell, seven points. He's been absolute, He's been a revelation so far for the FPL. Um He's just continuing to do the business. One bonus point for him. 
Uh, Robertson, extremely happy with him. I know there was a lot of question marks around Liverpool defence with Van Dijk, Trent being injured, but um, he was absolutely fantastic. And he was only lucky to he was unlucky to only get one assist. I thought so. I was very happy with Robertson. And what I like about Robertson also is for such a fantastic asset, he's actually still a bit of a differential at 18, 18% owned. So really happy with him moving forward. Um, I had Grealish. He only got one point. I was a little bit unlucky there. I thought that was a stonewall penalty at the end, but it got overturned. So obviously Grealish may have been taken out. I know Watkins took one of them, but you never know there. And then obviously Calvert-Lewin continuing to do the business. Uh, got 13 points for me against Fulham, the two goals, three bonus. And I had Calvert Lewin from the start of the season at 7.0. Now he's 7.9. So it's just showing what a season that guy's having. So I'm very happy with that. Uh, What about you, Greg? Yeah, so I had um, Martinez in goal, got the one point. So moving swiftly on from him. Um, got got Chilwell, got the seven points, very nice. Uh, Kufau and Taylor both getting the clean sheets in as well. So really solid from my back, um, my defence this week in terms of getting clean sheets. Except for, unfortunately, Tyreek Lamptey got sent off in the um, last minute. And I'm not going to lie, I might be a bit biased, but I thought the ref was on one because he literally only just gave him a yellow card about a minute ago. He does one more foul when he's off. I just don't see where that comes from. But Yeah, if I wasn't bantering you, I would I would say you were very unlucky. But as I am, <laughs> gutted me. <laughs> but <laughs> unlucky. Not just that. I feel like Ty- uh, he had a- Tariq Lamptey had a great game. I thought he could have easily got a goal. He could have easily got a couple of assists. He's so far forward. He's pretty much playing up front. Um, so I'm really, I was really, really happy with him as an option until he got sent off, and I was a bit fuming after that. But um, anyway, um, Adson so got me a nice ten points. Grealish, same as you, a bit annoying about the penalty, but I guess Watkins might have taken it. So who knows? And then Fernandez captain as well. I feel like Fernandez has been a huge player for me the last couple of weeks. I think he's one of the main reasons why I've gone up the ranks so much with two yeah. big balls. Two big yeah. balls in a row. So, and him being captain this week definitely helped a lot. Um, Calvert-Lewin, same as you. I've got Kane, um, who got the assist. Uh, so four points, not too bad. Um, and then Bamford with the blank. Overall. Yeah, well, Bamford on another day, you could have two goals easily against Arsenal. So I was like, you had a Bamford blank, but his um, output is unbelievable at the moment in terms of his shots he's having in the box and stuff like that. So just that's gonna, I'm more than happy as a Bamford owner to keep him. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely unlucky. I know he hit the post from a header. Uh, definitely could have scored on another day. So definitely at six mil, I think he's still a bargain. Yeah, no, I agree. So, guys, what we're going to talk about today is the big question on everyone's mind, really, in the FPL community is what to do with City assets. Now, the reason that is, is because, obviously, we've got a fixture swing. Um, City got some very favourable fixtures coming up with Burnley at home, Fulham at home, West Brom after the United game. So, And that runs into the new year. So, some really good fixtures for those City assets. But the problem is is so many premium assets in midfield are performing very well. And obviously the same in defence. There's some great options in Chelsea, Robertson. So this is really going to be trying to work out pros and cons for bringing those City players in. And do we really need them? So what we'll first, we'll start off with 
first is a lot of people are looking to KDB and Sterling at the moment. And one of the big things that stick out at me, so we're just looking at some statistics. So City have only scored 10 goals in eight games. So that's less than, that's less than, uh, that's just over a goal a game. Um, and they've not, They've played some some decent sides, but they still have played a couple of teams where they should be doing a lot better. And you've got to consider also that City did score uh, three goals in the first game, so it shows that they've probably only got they've got seven in they've got seven in seven. So it shows that really that they're struggling there. Um, and another thing is that what's really worrying for me is. If you look at the average points per game for those assets, so Sterling and um, De Bruyne. So over the last six game weeks, De Bruyne has averaged 2.3 points across the last six game weeks per game. And Sterling has averaged, let's just see it here. Sterling has averaged 4.5 across the last six game weeks. Now, the big problem there is when you compare that against who you'll be taking out to get these guys in. So Son is averaging 9.5 points uh, per game week over the last six game game weeks. Bruno Fernandes, 8.3 points per game over the last six game weeks. Grealish, 8.3 points uh, per game week over the last six. And... When you're comparing against those guys, Salah 6.5 over the last six game weeks, there's just not really anyone who you feel like you can dispense of when these guys are just not really showing any shoots of form. And at the moment, City are just taking a bit of a gamble, in my opinion, to bring either a, a, a KDB or a Sterling in. It could be an educated gamble with the fixtures, but who do you dispense of to get one of those in, Greg? I think it's really kind of hard to pick any of them, to be honest. Um, I guess the most common players people may have would be Son, Salah or Fernandez um, in terms of that price range-ish. So I don't think any of them are really dispensable. But if you feel like you really need a City asset, I don't know, maybe I'd probably say, I don't know, I can't choose. I honestly can't choose. And I think that's what the problem is. I think... I don't know if um, they're worth taking out for a City player. I think definitely the pro of bringing in a City player is their fixtures. But if you match form against the form of other players, it's just unmatched. City are not performing well. I've been really unimpressed by City so far this season. I think they just look really poor in the attack. Yeah, and another thing is um, about the City is, like obviously I can see with the fixtures, people think about City's historical form and the goals they've scored and they get a little bit worried. But if you're paying 11.5 11, million to bring over De Bruyne or Sterling in, uh, De Bruyne's 11.6 now, then you're going to want to captain them because you're paying that, that, kind of, um, that kind of amount for them, for those fixtures. Now, if you look at Bruno Fernandes, for example, Bruno Fernandes in his away games, has got 12 points, 11 points, 17 points, okay? His next two fixtures are away from home. And City, you can cover those City assets with him as your captaincy. Uh, yeah. Because he, he's, well, the stats are crazy for Bruno at the moment. 
He's got, um, well, he's got, he's the fastest Man United midfielder in of all time to reach 20 goals, which says says leaps and bounds about him. He's he's created more chances than the whole of the Arsenal squad in the Premier League, which is a ridiculous stat, more than De Bruyne. And he there is, well, at the start of the season, I predicted that he'd be the highest point scorer. And I'm still not going to change that. Um, I just think everything goes through him. He's an absolute machine. So if you're going to captain Bruno over the next two game weeks, then really those City assets, you don't need them. You really don't need them because you'll hope that the likes of Grealish can match them. The likes of um, your Liverpool asset can match them or Son can match them and or Ziyech. Ziyech could match them. That kind of... That, those kind of players can match them if you're not going to captain them. And also, if you look at the next two fixtures for Liverpool, Liverpool were in an outstanding form. They destroyed Leicester the other night. They've got Brighton away, uh, Wolves at home, and then Fulham away. So they've got some great fixtures on the horizon where Salah can be a captaincy uh, uh, choice. So those that's need for a City player. If you're not going to captain them, I just don't really feel it. But what do you think, Greg? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think um, with the games the C are coming up, I still think there's captain options that can match them elsewhere. Like definitely Bruno away from home in any game. You kind of fancy him considering he's never blanked away from home. That's still such an incredible stat. So um, I feel like it's not necessary to captain a C player. And I don't know, it's, it's an interesting one because you don't want to get burnt. But I feel like... I just feel like they can be matched. And I think um, because they're so expensive, you're talking about the real premium assets that are, that are levelling them in terms of like Salah is probably the one you would move if you have no money in the bank to a De Bruyne or Sterling. And I just don't think that'd be worth it. So yeah, captain-wise, um, obviously you may fancy captain and a City player in those fixtures, but it's not saying that's the only option. I think there's a lot of options. Hundred percent, and I think the main question you've got to ask yourself, guys, is when you've if you've got a Bruno, if you've got a Salah, uh, and or a Son, even a Son, and you look at those players and you think, realistically, are one of those three not a better op- option than the City assets over the the next couple of game weeks? And if the answer is no, then really there's no need to bring those City players in. And I, I can feel, I know people feel the pressure of looking at looking at the fixtures but don't think the fixtures matter as much this year and um yeah so for me i will not be bringing in a city asset um unless i see a massive upturn in form uh from the likes of sterling um and obviously they're missing aguero a lot with de bruyne until i see a big upturn in form i'm not going to be taking that gamble on players which i've gained quite a lot of value on bringing them in so um, that's just that's where I stand with that. Uh, but if you are struggling and maybe in the two million mark, the three million mark, and you want a differential that can really up, um, send you flying up the rankings, and you want to take a bit of a gamble, then a Sterling at four percent owned, or De Bruyne at thirteen percent owned, or fourteen percent owned, or what he is now as a captaincy option, could be a big gain for you. So if you're looking to gamble a little bit, then those city assets could come in handy. Yeah, I think one of the pros I would say for bringing a city asset is 
their fixtures are so easy over the next four weeks. They've obviously got United in a few weeks, but except for that, I mean, it's Burnley at home, Fulham at home, and West Brom at home. You can't really ask for easier fixtures. So um, that would definitely be a pro. But I think, for me, it's going to be a case of watching them against Burnley and seeing what they're about when they're against one of those teams. And if I see a big upturn in form, then I'll think about it more. But until then, I'm not going to go for it. Yeah, no, I'm with you in the same boat there. And um, it's, it's the same with the strikers, really. Obviously, Aguero, he just can't seem to get fit at the moment. Um, you don't know if Father Time's catching up with him now. But when you've got the likes of Kane and uh, Calvert-Lewin performing at the way they are, I know Cavalone's a lot less is a lot cheaper, but you may be able to downgrade him and bring in a stronger player in midfield. It just doesn't you just can't see that value. And even when you look at a Bamford, Bamford's like um his shots and output, attack and output at the moment is absolutely fantastic in terms of numbers. So um it would be difficult to make a, a case for downgrading someone like him either. So yeah. Basically, what we're saying is hold off, watch that Burnley game, get a bit more information. But if you want a little bit of a gamble, then a Sterling or a De Bruyne could be the way to go. Um, But what I'm a little bit more interested in is the defence. And I don't really know why, because I've watched the games and I think City have looked fairly solid. I know they've had some difficult games. They've only kept two clean sheets out of eight, um, which really kind of shows the tale that they're not as good as defensively as we think they are with the, uh, with the signing of Diaz. Um, there's still problems there. Uh, Cancelo at left-back, fantastic attacking player, but is he going to get caught out there? Um, I think against Burnley, they'll get a clean sheet. I'm sh- absolutely sure of that because, well, Burnley, we watched them against Palace. They parked the bus against Palace, and if you park in the bu- bus against Palace, then you're really struggling. Um but what do you think about the likes of Diaz, Walker, Cancelo? Um, Cancelo's obviously br- creating lots and lots of chances. Um, the problem for me, I think, at the moment is obviously Chilwell is around the Walker price bracket. Uh, and he's been fantastic so far. Um, if you've got a Robertson, then his output too, compared to a Walker, compared to a Cancelo, in terms of numbers, is great. Um, so it's hard to find a way to make an argument for bringing one of those fullbacks in either. The only person I could look in at, look at who's solid and also has some threat from set piece is probably Diaz. Um, so what do you think about City's defence? Yeah, I think with their fixtures, you'd expect a couple clean sheets maybe. I can't see many of those teams attacking City really. Um, but... As you say, I think with the price range of it, especially like Walker, they're competing with the likes of Chilwell, and I think Chilwell's arguably the best defensive option this year for me um, out of any defender. So there's that. And I think with the lower ones, I agree. I think um, there may be some set-piece threat for Diaz. So I think over the next four game weeks, they could be good options. Um, But I think it's down to each person whether they want to transfer one of their defenders out who they've already got for them. but if you feel like you want to make a transfer in your defence, I feel like City is probably the first place I'd look. Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely Diaz um, could be dangerous from set pieces. And I think Cancelo has looked good on the at wing back for me. I've been quite impressed. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think the only thing I'd say about Cancelo, guys, is that, yeah, he had, his output's been fantastic. He's getting in the box a lot. He's bringing a lot of crosses in. But they still don't have that striker, City. Jesus has not really done it yet. And if he can put in as many balls as he wants. But if the striker's not sorted, then no one's going to be converting them. So those stats can sometimes draw you in with a full sense of security, thinking that, oh, my God, he's putting in so many crosses in. He's got so many touches in the box. But if there's no one there to put it in the net, then there's no point. Yeah. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on um, because, yes, those numbers can look great. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't go in the goal, it don't count. And uh, so that's something to keep an eye on there. So I think what I'll advise so far on the City stuff is if you've got those premium options in midfield who are performing fantastic every week, they've got much higher average points per game week, then hold Get a bit more information on City. Watch them closely against Burnley. See, are they going to be able to break these low blocks down as well as they have in the previous years? Um, if the answer is no, then is it really worth taking a Bruno out or a Son out or a Salah out? Seems, di- the, seems to me the answer is going to be no. Um, but yeah, probably best for me, I look at, I'm looking at their defence more than their attack. Uh, last thing for you to say on City, Greg, what do you think? Um... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they perform against Burnley. And if De Bruyne goes and pops four goals in, I'm sorry, guys, for saying otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we're more than happy for you to uh, banter us for the rest of the week if he does do that. <laughs> but um, I feel like Bruno might outscore him this week. Remember that one. Um, okay, so moving on, we're going to do our differential of the game week. So I've gone for, guess what I've done again? I've targeted Fulham. And (laughs) the reason I've done that is because Leicester are playing them at home. And even though I think Leicester will want to bounce back after basically getting their their arses handed to them by Liverpool. Uh, And I really like the look of the returning Castagna at um, right wing back or left wing back wherever they play him before his injury he was very advanced he got a few goals he got a few assists only 8% owns Leicester's fixtures look great coming up I think he's a nice little bit of a differential there so for me Castagna is my differential pick for game week 10 well I'd like to say it's very interesting that you're targeting Fulham again considering it didn't work last week uh, well, one one week it'll pay off. <laughs> yeah, um, I got Jota coming through for me last week, so I'm happy with that one. And um, I think I'm ready to beat you again this week. Uh, I do, I do rate Castagna though. I will say, I think he, when he was when he was playing, he looked very advanced. So I think he can um, definitely create some chances. Also, definitely potential for clean sheet. Um, but I think I'm going to do you here another week, another win. You're going to do me. You sound like you're going to knock me out behind the, the bins. <laughs> We're going to be on the undercard of Mike Tyson. <laughs> that is ridiculous, that fight, by the way. The rules are you can't knock anyone out. There's no judging. So it's basically pointless. Yeah, so what are you meant to do? So basically, it's just watching like a couple of blokes jab each other for two minutes, eight eight rounds. So, um, yeah. Okay. It's not really... How can you can't knock someone out be a rule? What if they do it by accident? You can't. <laughs> you just lose yeah. if you knock them out. 
Yeah, instant disqualification <laughs> if you knock them out. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I've gone for Anthony Martial for this game. Just quickly, just quickly on that point. Imagine telling Mike Tyson he can't knock someone out. <laughs> I think it's gonna want him to gonna make him want to knock him out more. <laughs> that's literally like that's literally like telling a dog he can't shit in your garden. Like, <laughs> you just know as soon as you tell tell him that he's gonna go right. Fuck it, I'll fucking show you. <laughs> and you look at the end of your garden and you just see the dog looking at you, tag wailing, just squatting down over your little flower bed. So uh, yeah, telling Mike Tyson he can't knock someone out is like telling a fish that he can't swim. So um, yeah. I'd like to see how that conversation went down with him. <laughs> I think the answer would have been, what's the fucking point then? Yeah, might as well just leave. Um, sorry, you were talking about Marshall. Yeah, so I've gone for Anthony Marshall. Uh, I think with the Southampton fixture coming up, uh, he's 3.9% owned, so lowly owned. I know he hasn't been on the best of form this season so far, but I think... Um, Against Southampton, Southampton obviously notorious for playing quite attacking in a high line. I think United can get in behind on the counter-attack and we know United are very deadly with that. So I think there's definitely potential for Martial, Rashford getting in behind. And it'll be interesting to see whether Cavani starts up front or uh, Martial starts up front. But I think if Cavani does start up front, Martial will be on the wing anyway. So I think either way I can see Martial getting chances and it's just a case of whether he takes them. And if he does, I'm winning this week for the differential. Yeah, I like that shout. I like that shout a lot. Um, I think also people, Southampton have kept a few clean sheets recently. and um, But I think some McCarthy made something like nine saves against Wolves. So there obviously is some potential there for those players to get through. And that moves nicely on to who I'm captaining this weekend. And it's an easy one. I'm captaining Bruno. Um, I've written on Twitter recently that my new strategy this year is if Bruno's playing away and he's fit, and Salah isn't playing either Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, or Burnley at home, I'm captaining Bruno. And that's a strategy I'll be using moving forward. Like I said, he's got a double-digit haul in every single away game this year. I think Southampton, um, they let a lot of chances against Wolves. Uh, I think Bruno's going to have a bit more space, took off at 50 minutes yesterday, a bit of a rest. So El Magnifico is going to be my captain. Um what about you, Greg? Yeah, same here. Uh, for the exact same reason, to be honest. I think um, Bruno in an away game, I just feel so confident about it at the moment. I think um, he's the focal point of everything that goes through Man United. Uh, he's the perfect FPL option, in my opinion. I mean, he can score goals, he can assist, um, and he takes pens. So, absolutely perfect. And I think United can get in behind the Southampton team. And I think if they do, Bruno is going to be getting on the assists. Yeah, no, for sure. And he got two goals last night. He could add another. He couldn't add another two easily. He didn't take the penalty. He could have had a hat trick. Um, so he's in fantastic form. Um, a couple of other options are obviously you've got Vardy at home against Fulham. That's a great option if you've got Vardy. Then any team at home against Fulham, it's difficult not to captain him. So if you've got Vardy, I think if I had if I had Vardy. I'd find it very difficult not to give him the armband over Bruno at home against Fulham. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I mean, that's a perfect fixture uh, for Vardy uh, against Fulham. And I think 
people may be fooled by last week with the Liverpool game. I probably it put me off Leicester a little bit, but I think looking at the bigger picture, Vardy still looked very good so far this season. So I think he's uh, carrying form into this game. So I think he could easily get a few goals. Yeah, and you just know Vardy's guaranteed to get a penalty against against Fulham. Guaranteed. Yeah. Um, another good one is Calvert-Lewin. Now, Calvert-Lewin, his form, his consistency has been unbelievable. Leeds are so inconsistent at the back. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. And captain in Calvert-Lewin is a little bit of a differential against Leeds. Could be another good shout. Um, I like him against Leeds. I think... I feel like Leeds could capitulate in any game or they could be incredible in any game defensively. And um, I like his consistency. I like the return of Richarlison. I think um, I think he is another very good captaincy option. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Cumberland's uh, looked great recently. I think the, um, the return of Richarlison has been big. He has a lot of energy up front, in my opinion, and a lot of quality as well. So I think that helps Cavaloon a lot. And, um, I mean, Cavaloon is a goal machine at the moment, so <laughs> you can't go wrong. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And um, and then also, you've got the big boys. So you've got City at home against Burnley. I'm not keen on this because I know how deep Burnley are going to sit and I've not seen anything from City. But if you want to gamble, then this is a perfect game because you've seen how deep Burnley will play. Um and I think I prefer uh, De Bruyne in this game to Sterling because there will be no space for Sterling in this game. Yeah. Uh, and then it'll be interesting to see where Aguero's fitness is at too when it comes to the press conference because if there's any chance, that could be a good game for Aguero. Yeah. And then last of all, Mo Salah. Will he, won't he? It looks like he will. Uh, he'll be fit to, to play Brighton. On Saturday, but the only thing is, guys, that uh, Liverpool are obviously playing tonight, and then they're playing first thing Saturday, so there may be a bit of fatigue there. They might start a bit slowly, so maybe keep an eye on that. Look at the players' minutes to, tonight, see where they are, and then make a decision there. Because obviously, you want your players to be um, r- right at it, and obviously, the early game on Saturday can be a bit of a killer if your captain doesn't do well. So just keep an eye on that. Yeah, no, agreed. I think uh, Salah could be a great option, though, against Brighton. Um, I think if he's fit, then um, definitely one to consider. But I think, as you say, there's a few things to consider in terms of early fixture, which is a big one for me. And obviously the Atlanta game tonight. So, yeah. watch. Yep. And, um, well, this time next week, I'll be celebrating a 7-3 lead. Uh, that'll be six game weeks in a row. So, um, yeah, can't wait, Greg. Yeah, well, obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, can you stop? Can you stop the rut, mate? Can you stop the rut, mate? I don't let someone beat me six times in a row. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> draw a line. Aside. I never thought I'd hear that quote. <laughs> this week, I'm coming back with a vengeance. All right. Well, let's see, guys. And obviously, you can keep track of that on our socials this weekend. Let's see how we get on. But um, till next week, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.
That's good then, that the recording's there. Yeah, sounds good. See you later.